Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we take a look at popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. And I'm a view. To Kill a Mockingjay Part 2 Electric Boogaloo. Genesis of Salvation. Your sister is a werewolf. And I'm Britain. Now, guys. I mean, I'm Alex. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sorry I messed up the flow there. I was so shocked by learning about my sister's lycanthropy. <laughs> um, well, I'm Britain. Now, guys, you, you out there in Radioland are probably noticing, hey, this audio sounds a little different. Well, that's right. We're all in the same room. The movie buddies, together again. As Tyler messes with the fan in the background. <laughs> Great start. We, we turned it down because we thought it might be noisy. Yeah. All right, all right. And then it started to feel warm. You, you, you're going to have to deal with it, audience. All right. You, Our you, comfort is more important. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about a view to a kill. Does anybody really care? Guys, it's summer where we live. It's hot. And, I mean, sun's In up. Alaska. It's in Alaska. But hey, sun's out, guns out. That's Alex's, uh, what his tank top says mm-hmm, right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, now, Alex, you uh, were all in the same place. Alex usually records from a bunker where he hides from probably the bird box thing, whatever it was in yeah, that yeah. movie. Yeah. Um, but he. It's, it's also a Howard Hughes scenario. I've got, I've got, I've got, I've got the tape. <laughs> Oh, that's yeah. the germ zone. You don't want to go mm-hmm. there. Not to be confused with the Howard Hughes scenario when you, where you turn into a big dog. Correct. Yeah, exactly. That has happened to me before. <laughs> yeah, when you made that Tim Allen, that Shaggy Dog movie. Is there Robert Downey Jr. in that? Maybe. No, uh, oh, is he? I'm, I'm getting further and further away from things I know details about. <laughs> um, Isn't that life, though? This is what a view to a kill has done to us, okay? It is life. Uh, audience, for all our... I know we got a lot of tween viewers, uh, tween, tween <laughs> listeners out there. And just want to let you know, that's what life is. You get further and further away from things you know about. But now, Alex, you you have joined us again. You rode, I can't remember, uh, is it like one of those bicycles made out of tuba parts? Or is it like a big like, cart with wait, a lot of rattling wait, bottles and tinctures that you sell stuff one of those of? bicycles made How many bicycles are made out of tuba parts? I mean, Wes Anderson has a couple back okay. up. <laughs> I was going to say, I was hoping that Bond used like some extravagant, ridiculous device in order to scuba dive in this movie. He just uses scuba equipment. But I'm just thinking back to Octopussy, where he's got the alligator little submarine. Yeah. Thing. Oh, like, God, that, I love that, that so that's much. That's what I used to get here. Yeah, okay. And, he used the alligator submarine on, on, the, on the freeway. Yeah. You're just like running. Ooh. It's okay. It's got, it's got a little like tricycle wheels. That's how it gets across the street. That's adorable. Oh. Thank you. So what movie are we talking about today, guys? We're talking about the uh, the Tony-winning View from the Bridge, I believe. That's incorrect. Oh, <laughs> oh uh, we're talking about the Merchant Ivory film, Room of the View. That's incorrect. <laughs> are we? T- oh, we're talk. I know we're talking about the that Kevin Costner uh, fave, Three Days to Kill. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> I was really hoping you were going to say. We're just talking about Captain America, the Winter Soldier, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, but what are, I'm sorry. What are we talking about today? We are talking about A View to a Kill. Which has one of the worst name drops of the title in cinema. Would you like history. to know my worst thing about this movie? <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to have a delayed gratification type deal here. Mm. Come back to it. Or you could just say it. I don't really care. No, my, my worst thing about the movie is the name drop. <laughs> oh, yeah. Can you... Okay, so we can... Well, actually, give us the scores and yeah, we can dive yeah, yeah. into this. All right. So, A View to a Kill 
Directed by John Glenn, who's directed the last couple of, of Roger Moore Bond movies, and he'll go on to direct both Timothy Dalton films, I believe. Yes, he's also an astronaut. Um, <laughs> they got him because of his work on Moonraker. Mm-hmm. That? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that? That was a failed joke, and don't you dare laugh at it. <laughs> From 1985, it has a 37% critic score on wow. Rotten Tomatoes, and it doesn't have an audience score. <laughs> <laughs> Which that's awesome. I don't think I've ever seen that for like a, a you know quote unquote big budget. Release. Sure, yeah. Right. I mean, and I don't because because I know like for for some older movies it can be kind of difficult to get like well, statistics on them because yeah, some people just yeah. don't go back to them. Right. It says at least according to Rotten Tomatoes, as I check it now, there are no audience scores. And we've had audience scores for all the other Bond movies. Correct. That's amazing. I would. Real quick, I, I do want to check. Can you look at look up like the last whatever the last one we did was Never Say Never Again? Yeah, to make sure it still has it. Yeah, because I know they were changing some stuff with the algorithm for that. Mm. Yeah, Never Say Never Again has its thirty seven percent audience. So it does score. Have it. All right, well, I really that makes that guys incredibly funny. I think we're the first people to see this movie. <laughs> it seems like we might be. Octopussy has its forty seven percent. Yeah, it all right. Like, yeah. Well, we're it was all right. We are we. <laughs> Pathfinders. Here we come are, the sequels, Andromeda. We are the first people to see this movie, and we will also be the last. Tyler Britton, what are your best things and worst things about a view to uh, Roger Moore's last movie? Tyler, take it away. Take it so, away. so my worst thing is definitely the, the title drop. It's just so bad. And it, like, uh, now, now, now take it because I I watched this movie a week ago, so there's a lot of stuff that I forget. So remind me, set, so, set, paint me a picture. Well, so and and this is this is not really that like. It's it is it is a silly nitpicky thing, but at the same time, there's a lot of stuff I don't like about this movie. This is just one particular thing where I was just like, "Oh, this is this is dumb." Yeah. Um, there is a bit where uh, May Day, correct, yes. and Christopher Walken are on a blimp, and they're they're looking out, and they're obviously Christopher Walken is planning to blow up Silicon Valley for reasons. <laughs> Um, this might be one of the worst villain plots I've ever and, seen in a Bond movie. So, at least. so they're 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 floating out. I think it's the Golden Gate Bridge. They see it. Mayday is like, "What a view!" And then Christopher Walken's like, "To a kill!" And then oh, don't they like wow. look at each other and start chuckling? Yes. Like, what they, does they, that mean? Like it's like that's oh. not how words work. <laughs> what are you? I always doing? thought it was like you have your sights on the enemy. You like he's in your scope. You've got a view on the person you're you're, you're going to kill. The, but you would just say, <laughs> yeah, no, a view on a target. It's, it's hard target. It's it doesn't. Also, quick question: they, they are looking at San Francisco during that, right? I think so. They're not actually looking at Silicon Valley. Sure. I don't know where Silicon Valley is. I'm gonna look that up. Uh, I think it's on the moon. I I thought it was on HBO. <laughs> All right, then. yeah, I respect that. <laughs> Did you just set that up for yourself? Is that, that no? Actually, happened? well, uh, no, I didn't. <laughs> I've been try- I've been wondering what my what my joke was going to be for a last few minutes, but I'm trying to look up where Silicon Valley is because it's, 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 it's in like, the general area, but it's, yeah, it's not right, in San it's in, Francisco, in but, Cali. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was dumb. And very emblematic of why this movie is, is fairly dumb and just sort of feels like it's trying to go through the motions. Um, my best thing about this movie would probably be the first, like, 20 or 30 minutes when I thought it had a plot. Okay. Um, 
the the it's kind of there's there's some decent little action there. Um, it starts off okay. There's like there's a fun ski chase as as Bond is apt to do. Um, there's some fun stuff with like oh Bond's trying to investigate why this horse is winning these races and like yeah, that's kind of fun. Yeah. I like I like that. I like the investigation there. Um, okay, I think, and then I think we've got it kind of figured out. <laughs> so Silicon Valley, it looks like. It's it's south of San Francisco, so it's it's close. It's, it, it looks like it's closer to San Jose, but Alex, we live in San Francisco. You should know this. Yeah, I yeah, know, dude. I know, right? I've been here like all my life. <laughs> yeah. What? Hey, what what route did you guys take to get here today? Uh, seven. As Californians, all we do is talk about how we get places. I was in an alligator sub, so I had a hard time oh, right. like looking at, at the road direction. That's kind of. It's really gonna, you're just navigating by reeds. It's really a yeah. miracle he made it. <laughs> yeah, it took a uh, took seven. Okay. Seven up. Seven up. <laughs> Gosh, guys, hey, another day of sun, right? Uh-huh. That's why I was late. It's because all these all these millennials dancing on their cars to old style music. Mm-hmm. I wish they all could be California girls. Thank you for segueing into my best thing about the movie, Alex. <laughs> um, my my best uh, best thing about this movie, which kind of and again to piggyback off of what Tyler was saying about uh, the open, I really loved these these uh, snow covered opening, the snow dusted opening specifically. The part where James Bond does a sweet snowboard kick, and yep, then yep. California Girl starts playing for no reason. I have I have two fun facts about this. Number one, I believe this is the first time that somebody has actually like snowboarded in a movie, and I believe oh. this scene helped to popularize it. So it, wait, so this is this is the movie we have to thank for Chalet Girl, starring uh, Felicity Jones. Yeah. Yes. Hey. All right. Well. Number two. It's not the Beach Boys version of the song. It's a cover. Really? Which makes me hate it. I, oh, it's I not. Didn't... It's not my worst thing. No, I didn't realize that was the a it's, cover. It's, it's not oh. them. Which makes me wonder: Were they trying to save a buck? What's the reason why? Well, why? Did, why did, that song anyway? Did Paul McCartney reach out to them and say, "No, you can't. You can't actually use the Beach Boys." It's, Competition, you can't do that. I thought we were friends. <laughs> it's, it's such a and it was it's such a weird moment, and I loved it because like a bad guy or whatever, however stuff happens. But then James Bond is like snowboard chop, and then it's like I guess it's just like, West Coast girls are hip. Yeah, I really dig those styles they wear. I guess it's like, just like they don't since they're kind of inventing snowboarding. I guess it's just like it's like surfing. We'll have a beach surf <laughs> song, but it's also too like. This is me attempting to go through their thought process. It's not going well. It, it also sets my expectations for the movie way too high when Bond, when right. Bond is riding a jet ski or not a jet ski, a, a snow ski, I guess. A, oh, snow. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, and it, and it explodes, and then he uses the bumper of it to snowboard yeah. like that. That was like, oh, ooh, I like where this is going. This is you. You have my attention, and then I don't. I don't buy the. It's, it's kind of all fifty-seven-year-old Roger Moore can't be doing these stunts, but it's still kind of fun. They do. They they do. It is clever that they have like um, their uh, the he his hood is up in a way yes. that like you cannot tell that it is a stunt double. Yeah. Like aside from the fact that obviously he's not doing these right. So yeah. Well, I'm not seeing. I, I looked up. Uh, first snowboard movie scene. It's not did give me anything immediately, but there is a prompt here. Did James Bond invented snowboarding? <laughs> that's that. That was me asking the question. That's, that's oh, my, okay. That's my article. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, um, I thought that was, you know. Don't worry, I came, I wrote that in the last 15 <laughs> minutes before we started recording. I did, for me, and I've talked about this before, the, the James Bond character in general has been very interesting to me. So, at worst, I'm ambivalent. Well, at worst, it's never said ever again. But generally, I'm ambivalent towards the character. And so, like, Skyfall I really like because it's made really interestingly and really well. Right. And then, same with, like, the opening of Casino Royale. But with these movies, I mean, as the audience knows, I've constantly been like, I like the silly stuff. I like Roger Moore. Because the goofy stuff gives me, like, oh, that was fun. So where it's not even a matter of that was done well, it's just, oh, I, I was entertained. Because otherwise it's very easy for it's me to It's something for you to remember. Yeah. It, it, it grabs me. Because I'm, I'm not inherently gripped by the thing itself. Because when the movie is just, guy wants to blow up Silicon yeah. Valley, that's like the most boring thing ever. Yeah. Remember in Quantum of Solace when the bad guy's plot was that he wanted to steal water? <laughs> yep. Really? Yep. He wants to hoard oh the water God. in, uh, what, what's, is it Bolivia? Sounds right. Uh, he wants to hoard their water supply, that way he can control their government, basically. Oh, <laughs> uh, because Bolivians have the best water. Correct. <laughs> no, but, but the, uh, it, 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 when, the way the movie sells it, it actually seems like a very realistic plot sure. for, like, a sleazy corporate guy to be doing. Right, right, right. And I think Quantum of Solace does a decent job at selling that. I know Tyler absolutely hates that movie. I, mm. I have a fondness for it. Um, and plus that movie's actually trying to be realistic. It's trying to be gritty and, gotcha. and quote-unquote real sure. for a Bond movie. This is just like, I don't know what it's going for. Yeah. It's like throughout these movies, even, so the ones that are more well-made, like Spy Who Loved Me, I found myself more bored by it simply because I was like, oh, this is doing a better job of just being the character. Yeah. And therefore I'm just kind of ambivalent. Right. Um, so in this, like, I really love the snowboarding thing because it was silly and weird and what's going on. Uh, so I think my worst thing is going to be that Grace Jones wasn't the Bond woman in it mm-hmm. because – and there's some things I, I like and dislike about this. Tanya Roberts, gorgeous. Now, the Bond women in general are conventionally attractive. That's not – Right. Of course they are. Par for the course. Right. But but for me, I, was, I especially noticed Tanya Roberts. She's not very good in this movie. Nope. No, and she has no chemistry with Roger Moore. She has no chemistry. She's not a character. No. Like, the, whereas Grace Jones did a better performance with an interesting character, mm-hmm. an interesting screen presence. And I, you know, there was something that, that was a memorable character in this franchise for me. Yeah. And I would, and not just because it's one of the few non white characters, but like I thought she was a genuinely cool uh, personage. And like, I wish that they had just focused more on her. But that said, I kind of like. That she's a villain that sleeps with James Bond and then stays a villain. Mm-hmm. That it's not like, I'm a, oh, but what do I do? She's like, no, I just want to do this and I'm going to do it. And now I'm still a bad guy. Bond's magical sex drive turned her to, to the side <laughs> of good. Yeah. But, but and I like that they didn't really do that. And she was like, no, nah, I'm but, still going to fight. The, and the only reason she turns is because... Max Zorin screws her over. Yeah. Right, 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 right. It's not because of Bond. Exactly. Yeah. And, and and that's like one I of... do I do love her line when they're both like are about to drown. She's like, I thought that creep loved me. <laughs> it's it, a good it, line. It's one of the you know, better versions of like a woman being her own person in these movies. Yeah. So it, it it's a so I guess my I, I really like that about Grace Jones, but my worst thing is that I feel like they should have focused more on her. Yeah. And as opposed to in the third act being like, uh, we do have a Bond girl. It's Tanya Roberts. Here you go. She's oh, wearing a robe a lot. Oh, we've got another Bond girl? Uh, she blows herself up. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, fun fact, uh, Grace Jones and Roger Moore did not get along. Really? Roger Moore actually kind of hated her. Ooh. And for their sex scene, 
uh, Grace Jones brought along a sex toy to basically mess with him and prank him. Well, there you go. <laughs> Roger Moore is also... He is very old. Yep. Yes. And and I re- watching this movie, I was like, I would really love it if they had just done away with him having sex and having romantic interests and if the young gorgeous women if they formed more of like a father-daughter relationship of more of a like no i'm gonna just look after you and protect you like that would have been sweet because i feel like he seemed to be starting to hint at that because there's that weird scene where after they meet at her house and she's just kind of laying in bed and he like tucks her in yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i'm like they're gonna be having sex in like 30 (laughs) minutes this this uh, this does not jive and it's a weird like it would have been wouldn't it be nice uh, if be nice if he wasn't having sex? Can we just turn this into a Beach Boys podcast? I'd be okay with that. Okay, we'll call it Friend Sounds, like pet sounds. I was gonna say we should just start yelling tech support, and if anybody <laughs> recognizes that, then you're a winner. Um, yeah. So those are my. What are your best and worst, Alex? Uh, what is my best and worst thing? My best thing is gonna be the song. Duran oh, Duran. Okay. Yeah. And I think I mentioned this before. It's It was one of the most popular songs right. in terms of where it charted. Popular songs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's really good. They managed to not have the chorus be View to a Kill, but they somehow managed to sneak it in. Like uh, it, Spy Who Loved Me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't completely break the song like it does, like it does in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It doesn't really have a whole lot to do with the movie because it sounds oh, like yeah. it's going for like a phoenix rising from the ashes type mm. thing, like dancing into the fire. I don't know. Um, a lot yeah. of these Bond themes don't have anything to do with the movie, so whatever. Sure. Um, so is this the first case, uh, and, and maybe I'm just forgetting something, is this the first case where a really like major popular artist was like given a Bond song? McCartney, right? Oh, did, I, I guess that was before. I guess we have covered that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But otherwise, I mean, yeah, I But feel still, like... that's not, like, the Beatles. Right. That was Paul That's true, that's true. Where this is, like, it's Duran Duran. And this is a and band. This, and this was purposely an attempt to try and attract a younger audience of, like, yeah. Duran Duran, MTV, they're hot right now. Right, right. Get them. It is funny, because every time I try to remember this song, I remember the line, View to a Kill, and then I just go into Ordinary World. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't, I can't remember the song, I'm just like, View to a Kill. And I remember the song. We don't, oh, damn it. Never mind. Darn it. Never mind. I can't remember Ordinary World. But you know what I'm saying. Like, that's the, that's the song yeah, yeah, I hear yeah. in my head. Right. It's a great song. And I think... Because I really appreciate whenever... Ordinary World. Yeah, yeah. He's got it. Yeah. yeah. But whenever they manage to weave in the theme song into the score, oh, I, okay. I always give bonus points for that. And I feel like this song in particular, I don't they know use, why this they is... They use that, yeah. It... It's one of the best versions of like working mm. as an orchestral piece as well. Sure, sure, sure. Because like there's that moment where um, they're escaping the mayor's like city hall yeah. and, and uh, Roger Moore, Roger Moore stunt double right. has Tanya Roberts on his back and he's climbing down and they've got the really dramatic yeah. kill which also music is playing. not earned in the slightest. No, it's not but... earned, but it's a really cool moment and it would it work in a much better yeah. movie. Yeah. Didn't James Barry co-write the song with Duran Duran? John Barry. John Barry. Yeah. What did I, I say? James Barry. Oh, okay. <laughs> Name's Barry. James, James Barry. Barry. Um, also, Bond goes uses the alias James Stock, and I'm just yep. Um, yeah. Yep. It's good. Um, anyways, st- I like it. Uh, <laughs> oh, I just got it. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, it's a thinker, this movie. <laughs> you you gotta, like, there's layers, it's, man. Peel well, it back. What's, what is it? He He's supposed to be, like, a reporter for the London Financial Times. Yeah. So oh, his last name man. is Stock. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. And then... Yeah, okay, that's cute. That's cute. Good you know, job, movie. I'm just imagining, like, when that, that police officer walks up to him and he's like, Who are you? Like, we've got your gun. What, what's going on? Right. And he's, and, and uh, Tanya Roberts is like, No, he's, he's, his name is James Stock. He's a reporter for the London Financial Times. And then Bond just breaks down laughing. He's like, You bought that? I said my last name was Stock. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> So did you did you do best and worst? No, that, I, I just okay. did my best thing. Um, my worst thing is just going to be how they underutilize Christopher Walken. Yeah, because I thought like, he was quite good in this. Because like compared to the only other Christopher Walken movie we've done on this podcast, Batman Returns, I feel like that movie somehow, despite it being the complete right. mess that it is, it utilizes his talents, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he gets some really good screen yeah. screen time, and yeah. he gets some scenery to chew on. Um, this is just like. He's kind of boring. Yeah. He's supposed to be a psychopath. There's only two moments where I found him even remotely compelling. Um, pretty, I guess he's I pretty guess, freaky, though. No, I, I, I got three. Got three. Number one is when he's practicing fighting with Mayday. Oh yeah, which I thought was actually pretty fun. How she's like training him, mm-hmm. and then they're kind of trying to play this cat and mouse game where they're trying to dominate each other. Right. I'm <laughs> like, I'm uncomfortable, but this works. Cause it's like a, it was crazy. like an Agents of Shield whenever Daisy is training with somebody and each yeah. other's breathing really heavily when yeah. she pins them. Yeah. It's exactly the same. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it is. Then I I also like the scene where he's just like gunning down all those 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 guys in the mine. Oh, Only yeah. because if you're thinking about it logically, you're going, well they're all going to drown anyway. Like what's yeah. the point of shooting him? And I'm like, "Oh, he's crazy. He's right. just getting a thrill from murdering all these guys right, when he doesn't right. have to." And I like just as a villain that I found that very compelling. I might have talked about this in the Batman Returns episode, and I because I don't remember. I, I, I've seen Walken in a few movies, but this movie feels like the first time. And maybe it's not true. Maybe I felt this way with Batman Returns, or yeah, where I really heard the Christopher Walken impression everybody does. Because mm-hmm. you know, a lot of celebrities I didn't realize I hadn't seen in that many movies because their impressions are so all over pop culture. Like right. I grew up in the '90s with like Tiny Toons and Animaniacs, where you constantly had characters based on celebrities. Like, yeah. And a lot thing about impressions is that they are always exaggerated, or generally exaggerated. Right. Unless you're like Ross Marquand and you're perfect. But like, like Arnold Schwarzenegger is a great example where what people really do, they just impersonate a specific time when he, like when he yells. Yeah. Yeah. But they, so, but. Basically everybody impersonates two lines of dialogue yes. from Predator. Right. And that's it. And, but, and, and so like there's a character on Tiny Toons called Arnold who is a big like German shepherd. Who talks like this all the time. Which is not how Arnold Schwarzenegger talks, except when he's yelling or whatever. Yeah, right. And but then you hear like Sean Connery, and I thought felt this during Never Say Never Again, and I was like, oh, he really talked like that. <laughs> like, yeah, people exaggerate it, but like at that's, one point he was the meme. But there's yeah. not like not that much. And then watching this movie, Walken is doing the whole like, well, you see, we're gonna go to the store. It's crazy. Like his head's moving around. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, taking yeah. these huge pauses, and I was like, oh, this is. This is where that impression yeah, came yeah, from. Yeah, yeah. This didn't come from people completely misunderstanding. That it was it was wild. Yeah. Uh, the other moment that I really liked from him, and it's so quick, it's when he's hanging on the edge of the bridge and he's about to fall to his death, and he just starts laughing. Mm. And then he just like loses his grip and falls. I'm like, what is going through his head at that moment? 
Like, that's... I, I find that fascinating. I don't remember... The, I, I experimented a few times during this movie with, can I separate... Can I devote one ear to a podcast and one ear to the movie? <laughs> so there were a few points where I did. I don't remember how it worked. Yeah, I, I, I tried that a couple times. I was trying we to We all see. had... Various yeah. difficulties in trying. I was to trying to see if movie. maybe I could dedicate, you know, like one eye to the screen and like <laughs> to the phone, or maybe like sleeping. Um, <laughs> it was not really <laughs> just like lucid dreaming it. <laughs> well, I actually watched it all in one sitting, but again, it was a week ago. Yeah, and so it just I've forgotten so much of it. Right. Um, I do remember a fire truck chase. Yes, yes. it is actually not. Bad. It's actually pretty good. The but horse... I like when it starts when the guy's like, "I'm gonna take you in," and Bond's like. Well, okay. And he shoots him with a bunch of water. Yeah. It's fire hose. That's very know. funny. It, I guess it's their attempt to do another Sheriff J.W. Pepper character, uh, but it's, it's well, just I mean, like a normal a yeah, guy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, He's got a mustache. Yeah. Oh, well, never mind. He's not normal. <laughs> Yeah, you know, he they they it's it's a fun chase. Like we all Bond's, have beards, so I guess Bond's you're right. swinging around on the fa- on the uh, the ladder of the fire truck. They're causing excessive property damage. Um, and then they, they, they race off a, um, a drawbridge, yeah. and then all the police crash into the drawbridge, and, like, <laughs> one of them gets stuck on the top, and, like, there's a moment where it seems to be playing like it's, like, a disaster movie, like, oh, God, these guys, they're going to fall off and die, like, what's going to happen? Yeah. And then they just, like, slide down and crash into the other cars, and everyone gets out and laughs because all their cars are dead. And it's just like, what is, <laughs> what's happening? All their cars are dead. All their cars are dead. Herbie, Lightning! The, the the punch buggy. What? I was trying to think of uh, cars that talk. Like Herbie. Britain, that's bug. impossible. Cars, cars don't talk. I mean, uh, <laughs> no. I've been around the world. And... I could have sworn Ben Affleck's Batmobile was talking when it was murdering all those people. <laughs> Knight Rider. <laughs> Kit talks in Knight Rider. <laughs> oh I don't want to talk about this movie. I'm proud cool. of the, Let's I'm, talk about I, other things. I am proud right. of that entire moment. Uh, yeah. So, Alex, how you doing? I I, I actually had more thoughts on the movie. Oh. Uh, I think we're well, good. Well, you know, I think we got to go. <laughs> okay. Let's go into our. Let's go. Well, this is a good time to take a break and uh, go into one of our favorite segments, Tyler the Tailor. Tyler, tell us all about men's fashions and what's hot and what's not. Uh, well, what's in? What's out? It's it's the summertime where we yeah. live in uh, uh, Saskatchewan. <laughs> so br- break break out your mesh parkas. Um, um, so so well that's the thing. And your snowboard. You, you, you really when it's warm outside you really and your don't want to wear boy CDs. Uh, you you really don't want to wear wear uh, jackets. Jackets are really yeah, hot. That's jackets true. you know oh, very warm. Yep. Gonna you know really toast out. You you want to get man. some t-shirts. You want to you want to get some sure. nice light. Get, you know, some wick, you know, like, get the skin, you know, off you a little bit. Or the, get the skin, the skin off you. Get one of those flaying shirts that you got. <laughs> get, one of those flaying, get the sweat off your skin a little right, bit, you know, right. you know, kind of make sure you're, you're staying cool. Get some hydration going. Sure. It's not really fashion, but you can accessorize with a nice water bottle and, you know, just... <laughs> your fashion tip is when it's hot, wear a t-shirt and have a water bottle. You asked me what's hot right now. I'm, I'm the just weather. trying to give Oh, man. Take that, Jesse Thorne. Want. Oh gosh! <laughs> well, that was enjoyable. <laughs> Jingle. <laughs> <laughs> now let's go back to Alex Icon. Alex, what are some of your favorite words? <laughs> um, a 
<laughs> hey, that's not true. I hate all of those that's, words. <laughs> well, you have a hard time talking then because several of those are articles. Yep. That you need to get through the day. I think what we're trying to get at here is just I hate things that are very important to everyday life. <laughs> well, you clearly don't drive a car because you have your sub-trike. Yep, your crop sub-trike. <laughs> <laughs> Can we get a copyright on that? You spurn, you spurn water. I, I've been because meaning to, you... I've been meaning to ask about this, and, and like, uh, it felt like it'd be weird to bring it up before this point. What? You don't have a head, so I don't really know what that's all about. Um, yeah, you're kind of a you're kind of a crang situation where you're just stuck into a guy's tummy. But well, weird. What? One day I just woke up, and then like that was that. <laughs> and he just said, "I'm gonna be my own self." This is why I should never riff on things. <laughs> uh, one time, uh, Adina Menzel told a story about meeting somebody very, very famous. And she was with her then-husband, Tay Diggs. And the person, I wish I could remember who it was, was like, Oh, yeah, Tay Diggs, you're from some show. You're a huge fan. And I turned to Adina Menzel. Adina Menzel said, Hi, I'm Adina, and I'm my own self. <laughs> Which is great. <laughs> it's great. I'm going to start using that. I buy it. Yeah, I enjoy that. Well, now we're back in the podcast. Uh, Alex, what's another one of your thoughts on View to a Kill? Um, originally, David Bowie was who they wanted for Mag Zorin. Oh wow! Yeah, but he did Labyrinth instead. Which I think oh, that's totally we're good. We're good. We're D- good yeah. David Bowie made a smart decision. He really did. That's a wonderful. I was going to say I don't. I don't need somebody else taking it. It would not have helped. It would not have done anything. It, it wouldn't have fixed the movie. It, it, I just would have squandered anyone's potential. Yes. I just want David Bowie to be in more movies because he was a wonderful actor. Yes. Well, it's just strange because I feel like and this really is present in the Roger Moore movies. Even if we've got wonderful actors like Christopher Lee, yeah. who like we've talked about how, how good his performance is in The Man with the Golden Gun, they never fully utilize the, these wonderful actors they have for the villains in the way that they did, at least for some of the Connery movies. Mm-hmm. I would say uh, some of the later ones, I mean, I think Javier Bardem. Is, I'm talking, is, I'm oh, talking oh, specifically Roger Moore. Oh, yeah, his, absolutely. His era. Absolutely. I think one of the biggest missteps in in his whole run is just how they've handled their villains. Sure. Because um, yeah, even the ones that are memorable, you only remember them because of the actor. That's true. That's very. You don't true. remember them because of anything their characters did in the movie. I think I was actually trying to run down the villains uh, from this uh, in my head the other day. And I, I forgot about. I literally just now remembered the one with the underwater city, with the with yeah, the yeah, web yeah. hand. Stromberg, yeah, Stromberg, yeah. I completely forgot about him. I was like, oh, and Drax. I remembered Louis Chardon because he was recent. Yeah. And I remembered uh, Klaus Mayer Brandauer because I just saw him. But like, yeah, I mean, it's do you remember the guy from For Your Eyes Only? Which one was that? Exactly. This is my point. No, no, no. no. Which movie was that? <laughs> that was the one where he's rock climbing at the end. Oh no! To- he thought Topol. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Oh, oh well, he wait. thought Topol was the bad guy. Oh, it was Julian Glover. Yes, Julian Glover, who also voiced uh, Aragog in the Harry Potter movie, in the second Chamber of Secrets. Neat. Because yeah, one- the the Harry Potter movie. Yeah, the, the, one, the, the only one, Harry Potter the movie. single Harry Potter movie. Harry yeah. Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Yeah. <laughs> no, because there was a some. Would not- the world be better if that was the only Harry Potter movie? I don't, I don't know. The other night, the answer's yes. Let's do a quick Harry Potter power rankings uh, while we're... <laughs> okay, cool. I stopped watching after the fifth movie, so I guess that's... <laughs> you that's... stopped at the perfect time! You really did. Yeah, it's my favorite book. So we're going we're gonna to hop into... You could not have handled this situation better. <laughs> 
We're going to hop into a quick segment called Eight-Legged Freaks, where I talk about the big spiders. Uh, this is your place I on the web. We're going to say Eight-Legged Freaks where we rank the eight Harry Potter movies. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So we have two good segments here. Also, Eight-Legged Freaks, pretty fun movie. Uh, Tom Noonan's in the beginning. But uh, it's uh, I have a weird relationship with giant spiders in movies where I really hate them, but I can't like not watch them, you know? It's right. like a train wreck kind of thing. And so I was, I can't remember how I got to this the other night, but I was like, I wonder who voiced Aragog. So it was Julian Glover, of course. And then I was started like looking at pictures of Aragog from the movie and just like laying in bed like, this is so gross and oh my goodness, this is so terrible. Um, but then I did not realize this because I was reading about like the wiki, fan wikis and stuff. Apparently it is canonical that Aragog died on 420. Which is yeah, pretty so. great. So I guess Joe parties is what I'm saying. Probably. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, like, Enemy, which is a movie I love, but does not shy away from giant spiders. Pretty gross and great. Eight-legged freaks, uh, giant spider invasion, um, which is not really as scary, <laughs> but pretty great. I don't know, guys. Spider-Man 3, where Topher Grace plays a giant spider. We does? No, we does Oh, man. I was going to go watch that. Man. That movie's on Hulu now. You, you don't, don't You don't need to watch that. that. I think the streaming rights just got available because it's on, like, Amazon and Hulu. And I saw it the other day, and I, I, I heard, like, when your ears start ringing randomly, I just, my ears started ringing, and I was like, Alex is so mad right now. And then my second ring, ear started ringing, and I was like, Tyler is even angrier. <laughs> like, it was just like this piercing sound in my head. Sounds about right. What are you guys' favorite or least favorite giant spiders? Oh, I'll put this on you, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be you got, you this honor of answering well, his there's, question. There's tarantulas. <laughs> yeah, Big. yeah. They're pretty bad. Oh, jeez. Pretty, pr- pretty, pretty big. <laughs> it's freaky. <laughs> Have you ever seen those? There, there is. It's, it's like a. I forget. I think it's called like a bird-eating spider. Or something. Oh yeah. Where it's, oh, uh, man, those they're, are they're they're like giant tarant- They don't. I don't think they actually really eat birds all that much. But they're just like giant. But yeah, they're big enough too. They're big yeah, enough they're too, huge. and they like get in fights with these like massive wasps. Yeah, and like, I think like in South America generally is where these these guys are, and I, I forget what the wa- the wasps are called, or like um, white uh, white like Anglo-Saxon Protestants, I think. <laughs> I think that's what we're talking about. We've, we've just gone down a completely different direction, <laughs> but no, no, no these are giant like hornets, yeah, hornets, um, that like are massive and terrifying, like as big as your hand, and they just like oh my gosh. get in these massive. Uh, just violent battles that would probably be terrifying. Oh, I mean, I skin crawl, but I have to watch it. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. No, there's, it's out there. There's there, the, I think the trapdoor spiders, where it's like you see a gif of like a little like lizard walking mm-hmm. around, and then zoop, yep. <laughs> it just jumps out and grabs it. They have those in a like good freaks, which is pretty fun. <laughs> just like a bunch of rednecks getting grabbed out of the off the ground. I think ostriches. I think you grab some ostriches too, <laughs> or emus. Whatever they have. Um, what are we talking about? Eight legged freaks, the parody movie <laughs> starring David Arquette. Everyone's favorite Arquette. Alex, do you have any more thoughts on A View to a Kill? Yes. Okay, go for it. <laughs> I'm spacing it out. I'm, I'm, I'm diversifying. How, how did we feel about the first hour of this movie being about horses? 
Look, because I, I was paying attention to the runtime. I was time. intrigued. An this hour is, into the my, movie, we're still at the horse ranch. This was my best thing. I was interested in these horses. I like, forgot that was a they neat, were in the It was like, oh, this because this seemed like a really cool like yeah. like plot. Like, okay, so he's got this this horse that he's like my, what I, where I thought this was going, and I this may have been what they were doing. I don't think they really expanded on it. Uh, the, it was like, okay, so they've got this horse, right? And they're giving it all these like steroids, but they're like doing it secretly, or like they're using like these fast release thing they're using microchips yes. to be able to trigger natural steroids yes. whenever they want yes okay that's and so the it's idea. like okay so which that's... it's probably not feasible and it's probably no. actually very dumb in real life would, but would almost certainly it, get like, caught oh, that's for, for a movie it's, like, it's that's related fine. to the plot well the idea um, is like they wouldn't th- there are no unnatural hormones or steroids in the horses that's exactly. why they're not able to detect it okay that's something but my thought was okay. So the idea here is that the he's... plot of this movie is also not about horses. Right, right. But I, well, yeah. But my, my <laughs> what I was thinking was like I was like okay. So you've got these horses, and they they're training these guys, and they're like running really fast, or whatever. And that that's how they're like you know basically getting the price up on this this horse that is supposedly from the same breed, right. and they're going to sell it for for three hundred million dollars or whatever. Yeah. And it's actually just a horse. Like it's not there's yeah. nothing special about it. Right. So like that's how they're gonna get profit. I'm like, well that's kind of intrigued like if that was like the plot, it sounds dumb and like small scale for a, a Bond movie, but that's something. Like that's kind of an intriguing thing is him trying to bring this down and if especially if they're using that money for, for example, trying to blow up a city or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But that just kind of drops yeah. Somewhere. Well, then also, like, I, I was thinking, especially when we get into, oh, there's, like, an ex-Nazi scientist who's doing right, experiments, right. And, and Christopher Walken is one of those experiments, and he's, like, this, this psychotic Nazi, like, <laughs> final solution product. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, do they have, like, microchips in him, and it's, like, going to give him yeah. steroids, and, like, he's going to get strong, and he'll actually be, like, a, an opponent for Bond? I, I thought that was potentially where it was... I mean, I've seen the movie before. Sure, sure, sure. But, but just thinking about, like, if I had never seen this before, where would I think right. this right. was going? Right. Yeah, they, I thought this the, the fact that they stated that that's how they were doing that with the horses, that was a setup for something. Yeah. It's not. It's yeah. literally just... We're using microchips. Did you know microchips are a thing now? Because 80s? Similarly. Have you seen Stranger Things? I would like to think that they could have baned Christopher Walken. Like in Batman and Robin. He just gets like a balloon arm. (laughs) Yeah. Similarly, the beginning of the movie has an explanation of uh, what an EMP is. um, Mm. which is, Which is a very like... We've talked about this before on here. That movies, every time they talk about an EMP... Every single movie feels like it has to explain what an EMP is. Sure. The Matrix, I would think, is the best example, example. of this. But this might be the first time, because it feels like it's just sort of one of Bond's trivia things that he just like happens to usually throw out when he's talking to the, the yeah, MI6 yeah, yeah. boys. Oh, yes. Francisco Scaramanga. He's got a third <laughs> nipple, yeah, sir. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Everyone knows that. <laughs> um, I just picked up Assassin's Quarterly and saw that on the latest <laughs> article. <laughs> he's looking quite dashing. Um... But yeah, the the uh, they they talk about an EMP, and I'm like, okay, so that's that's what's gonna happen, right? They're gonna because yeah. like they they're all very shocked to hear about. It. They're like, oh, they could they could wipe out our systems. This would be oh, it would be massive. T-. And then they're just like, no, we're starting an earthquake in San Francisco. You, you guys are fine. <laughs> <laughs> you remember the plot of Arrow season one? We're doing that. <laughs> uh, two things. One, I like to imagine that on Assassin's Quarterly, there's like a like one of the articles is like. Six things to please your henchman that he won't tell you. <laughs> um, and then another uh, bit is, I just like to imagine Roger Moore 
what if, because you mentioned the trivia thing, what if you started doing that with completely irrelevant information? They, they're like, he already it's kind of what it feels like. like. Right, but like they're hiding and they're like, they're ducking from gunfire. It's like, did you know the largest fish in the world is the manta ray? And, um, true? I don't know. Uh, I, it's just like, I learned it from Spice World, so it's apocryphal. Him and uh, Tanya Roberts are just laying there in the little cart and, and she's like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm on top of these explosives. It's uncomfortable. And he looks like, did you know those were made in Bangladesh? <laughs> so chess was actually originally a game started in ancient India. Now, did you guys? Well, I sent you guys a video from Spice World. Did you guys watch it? I don't think we did. You were on vacation, so I don't blame you. But it is. He does blame you, Alex. Uh, okay. I mean, I, I do blame you. That's okay. But in Spice World, uh, there is a running gag where the head of their like record label is Roger Moore. I mean, he plays a character called the Chief, and he's always walking around being very mysterious and like his Bond lair esque. Uh-huh. Uh, room and he's got a giant white rabbit that he's always petting and at the end of the movie when the white rabbit yeah it's really funny and at the end of the movie when they're doing uh spice up your life and they show all the characters around the movie dancing along in their different locations you do see roger moore just like grooving to spice up your life <laughs> and it is the most like adorable thing oh it, that's what is so that's joyous. what the main title sequences are missing from all of these movies we need roger moore dancing to i agree themes. and he's like totally in on it he's not like oh gosh he's like really like no let's do it spice up your life. slam it to the left guys now i just want you know, Roger Moore, rest in peace, but I wish him and, and Tom Cruise had done, like, a thing to, like, drop it <laughs> under. Sure. Um, there's also, speaking of dancing, the uh, Christopher Walken is in a music video by Flat Fat Boy Slim called Weapon of Choice, and it's... Does he demand more cowbell? He doesn't talk in it, but he dances. Like, the whole video is just Christopher Walken dancing, and is like a businessman just dancing. Why and... would you have Christopher Walken and not use his voice? Because he is a trained tap dancer. Like, he got started as a dancer. Yeah, but why not both? Because. Por que no los dos? I don't Britain. know. But it's a really it's a really cool video, and he's just, like, tap dancing and stuff around. I mean, some of it is clearly a double, because he's in the 90s. He's a little bit older at this point. Right. But still, like, he's a really good dancer. Spike Jones also made one with Margaret Qualley where she's dancing around. It's pretty cool. The more you know. Yeah. That's my useless trivia for the day. Um, what's Bond's friend who helps him? He's got like the most stuffy British name. Terry. <laughs> is that, is that I don't, I don't, I, uh, <laughs> I know you're talking about, but I can't remember. All right. Name. Well, let me look it up real quick. But, um, like I actually liked him quite a bit. Oh yeah. Tibbet. Tibbet, yes. Uh, okay. And I believe that actor was on what show is it? The the, the British Avengers show with uh, oh with Diana Rigg, I believe. Ah, Interesting. So it's the, the, it, yeah, he's he's fun. Um, the, the, I, the quite, I, again, I don't, hate how Roger Moore keeps throwing him under the bus. Do do, do you not? No, no. Like even like when they're alone, like on the balcony, like he's still messing with them. But but that's I feel like the entire point of the balcony scene is that he's actually they're actually chill and he like he makes a couple of jokes about it but he's much more. I, I thought that was I thought that was very nicely done. Where where bon, Roger Moore is playing up the fact that or Bond is playing up the fact that like you know oh he's his manservant and you know he's you know treating them like trash or whatever to to because he, they know they're bugged right no no the room is bugged and then they go outside but they have a conversation where they very clearly explain oh no like we're just putting on an act you know. Sorry to for the fair, good nature ribbing. You know, to be fair, all... I didn't watch the first hour of this movie. I haven't seen it in like five days. So <laughs> no, 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 they 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 do half, address that. And again, movie. I like uh, for whatever reason the stuff happening around the horse races or whatever is fun. It's kind of neat. I like it. 
I think at that point it's just like a genuine mystery and you're like, yeah. I don't know where this is going. And then we get to like the blimp scene where Magzorin has his boardroom of people and he's like, yes. we're going to blow up Silicon Valley. And you're like, oh, I guess that's And you're nice. like, oh, so this had nothing to do he, with horse steroids? He does the Bond villain thing where he kills a random uh, board member. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, a, that's just a, uh, an action movie trope. Yeah, Whenever you've got a corporate I think it started movie. with Bond. Though. Probably. I think that's it started with Goldfinger. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I did like when uh, Bond is talking to Zoran about the kind of horse he wants, mm-hmm. but he keeps doing like innuendo. He's like, "Well, I think I'd like a stallion, one with a very excellent coat." And Zoran's like, "I think I've got one for you," but he's like, "He's like on his computer. He's getting information about <laughs> then Bond." He, then he just gives him the big duck from Batman Returns. <laughs> <laughs> but I just kept waiting for Roger Moore to be like. A stallion who's really good at kissing, because I'm good at kissing, and then he and Chris Walken kiss. <laughs> <laughs> that would that would have taken a turn. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we got to talk about the Paris sequence with yeah. the Eiffel Tower and the butterflies. Do you remember any of this? <laughs> so basically. I don't even remember. He's meeting up with, like, this French police guy. Who is looking into the horse tampering. Yes. And, and who is also clearly incompetent and sort of, like... He's, he's a buster. He's a bumbling yes. buffoon. Um, he's sitting there giving all this exposition, and he's like, I'm the only one who knows all the information to solve this case. And he keeps going like that for a right, while. Right. Then they've got this weird butterfly scenario. Yes. And the only reason I'm harping on this so much, there's a wonderful podcast called How Did This Get Made? Right. And they do an episode on A View to a Kill, and they bring in the James Bonding podcast guys. It's like a little crossover. Oh, cool. And it's really fun. It's like a live show that they did. Um, and, and the female lead on How Did This Get Made, she harps on the scene for like a good 30 minutes of this podcast, where she's just like, this doesn't make any sense. Are the butterflies all on wires? Why are people excited <laughs> by this? It doesn't make any sense. Because, like, the ladies, it's like she's supposed to be, like, controlling all these butterflies. Yeah. But then you see, like, there's just guys yeah. in, like, black yeah. black uniforms off to the side. Oh, gonna... I, remember, I remember this now. Yeah. I remember this now. Yeah. Yes. That and then great. Mayday just walks in, and she's got, like, a butterfly at the end of the, the, yeah, the fish yeah, hook. Yeah. That was great. But, but it's got, like, a spike in it or something, and she manages to just swing it into the guy's cheek. Yeah. It's nuts. I do remember listening, and I loved it. <laughs> it was great. Because, yeah, I do love that they're all like, oh, what a magical romp. And then you see a guy, like a Mum and Sean's guy in the back just like, <laughs> And I'm just like, and we only see like the one guy right. from what I remember. There's like, like 20 butterflies. It's, I don't know what's I happening. I think the idea is there's just a lot of guys around the room who are doing the butterflies. I didn't see them. But how would I know? Well, the context clues? I don't think the... Alex also attempts to, if he walks into her and there's only one guy there, he's like, I guess it's the apocalypse and we're the only people left. Yep, that's true. If, if they're not, if I'm not looking at them, they don't exist. We always have, have to reacclimate you. After I have, <laughs> I have zero object permanence. Is what I'm trying to right, say. Right. I do like the idea of every podcast. Alex is always like, I can't believe this was the last movie ever made. And then I have to take him outside and go, Look, Alex, there's people walking their dogs. It's all still here. It's all still around. <laughs> Even like when I go to the movie theater and I walk out, I'm like, Wow. That was a terrible movie for the last movie ever made. <laughs> I just walk by all these posters and I don't even look at them. You have reverse the, yesterday syndrome. There you go. You forget everything but one thing. See, this, see, this, this, I can't believe there's only one kind of cake. This is what happens when I'm the only person that remembers Quantum of Solace. Right. The, then the, this is the evolution of that. Yeah, yeah this right. is the sequel. 
But yes, yesterday, I, part two. I do, I do like what the sequence. The sisters are werewolf. <laughs> sure, I do like the sequence that spirals out of that uh, that scene where yeah. where she she kills him with the fish butterfly hook thing, and, and then Bond's runs, chasing her. Bond, off the... Bond has a very half-hearted one-liner where he's like, "There's a fly in his soup," but it's like, "Stop!" Yeah. <laughs> and he says, guys, "You guys are done." He says, like, as he's he's like. There's a fly in the soup. Like, as he's going, yeah, it's fun. It's like he's having, like, a fever dream as he's, like, <laughs> like I'm just imagining, going, you know. He stood up too fast and got dizzy. Yeah. I, I'm just imagining there's a, there's there's several takes where they're trying to get him to improv various lines. And then Roger Moore's just like, uh, there's a bullet in his head. Then he shoots him again, and then he runs off. There's a rabbit in Cornwall. Uh, uh, the, the service here is terrible. There's a doll on my butt. I don't know what to say. <laughs> so, so but, uh, Roger Moore running upstairs is just at fifty-seven years old. It's it's yeah. sad, but I do like the sequence because yeah. his stunt double is quite good. I like yeah. a good scene of Bond trying to chase someone down especially, with a gun, trying to yes, shoot at them, especially right. because the he's he's running up the Eiffel Tower after this person, and they the it's Mayday clearly, but he can't really tell, and she jumps off. Um, with the parachute, she jumps off. Which the Eiffel, Eiffel. I don't even know if that is feasible. It's whatever. probably fine. Sure. Um, and so, and, fast and, pure and I was secure. I was appreciating that it wasn't just like oh she gets away. Yeah. Like he then he then continues to try and track her down by um, running down and getting to the the bottom, and it turns into this extended chase sequence where. The, <laughs> so while I was watching this, I just remembered this. Um, I had the, this. I was watching it, and it was streaming, and it, it cut out. For a moment, like, and I could still hear some of the audio, so it was like doing that weird thing where it's like trying to play, but then like mm. it was frozen on an image. The video feed, and then yes. tries to catch up, and with then it, it just jumped to another frozen image. So, so I see Bond uh, up to Bond throwing this guy out of the taxi, getting in his in that guy's taxi, and there's a, the guy running around after Bond, like my taxi, oh no, and like freaking out or whatever. And then it cuts, and then it just opens up with, or like the the, the picture jumps back up with. Uh, the car is cut in half. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember like, this. Wait, wait, yeah, wait. yeah, yeah. It happens really fast. <laughs> no, he is driving the most breakable car ever because <laughs> it gets like nudged and it slices in half, but then it's still mobile. Which is strange because most action movies, it's like these cars cannot yes. be broken. Yes. Right, right, right. Um, but this, yeah. I also, that, I remember when you mentioned the cab driver, I do remember noticing him because he was like French by way of New York. Yes. Because when they find him, he's got like a big, like, you know, Croque Monsieur or whatever, and then yeah. a wrapper and like a big drink, and he's like, "Hey, je marche ici, yeah. <laughs> hey, you wanna go to the Eiffel Tower? I take you there. Hey, oh, I think he actually goes oh at one yes, point. Yes, yes, Like he's just throwing cream cheese on everything. Like what is happening? It's called like like he lives in Le Grand Pomme or something. That means the Big Apple. Now, now I want us to write a Bond movie, but you do all the sight gags with just the random weird people we come across okay. during the action Because that happens so much. Like, I was thinking about the, the fire chase scene, or just the, the entire fire sequence in San Francisco. Yeah. There's just the one guy who's just like, he looks like a homeless guy mm. who just yeah. walks up in the middle of the crowd. He's got like a beer bottle, and then he's just staring, and then like, it looks like they're going to fall or something, and he drops the glass. I'm like, yeah. is this... right? increasing tension who is this guy because <laughs> now now we're scared because there's also broken glass somewhere <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what, what i was supposed to get from who's this. gonna sweep that up i i really just 
can't stand the weird sight gags that they just throw into all these action scenes yeah, because yeah. they're not cute, they're not funny. Well, and they're they're tonally off. Yeah, they don't because a lot of the action in. sequences yeah. are trying to take themselves a bit more seriously. Right. At least the uh-huh. fire the fire uh-huh. chase one is trying to take itself fairly really seriously. Decent, like quite decent in this. And then yeah. they just keep cutting back to people just having these weird random reactions. It felt like something out of a Sam Raimi movie, or, or, yeah, or like Airplane. But, but or Sam Raimi, like, I know, I know what he's going for, and like, he's intentionally, yeah, he's doing a yeah, thing, right. as opposed to this, where I'm like, what are you saying with this? It's the mistake of people thinking if you're gonna do a random cutaway to a character that doesn't have any relevance, then there needs to be a complete joke. Yeah, and they're just like, if we show somebody doing something, it's funny. It can't just be, be people reacting because right. oh my god, this this amazing thing's happening. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that happened throughout the movie. And really, that's that's another thing that's just kind of throughout Roger Moore's tenure as Bond, because they just need all these sight gags. And right. I, yeah, it's frustrating. Yeah. And this movie's over two hours. This movie does not need to be over two hours. This they, they this movie could be yeah. trimmed down to 90 minutes. And I, I, I blame most of that on the first hour is all the horse stuff. Sure, sure, sure. Um, they don't get away from that until, like, the 59-minute mark. <laughs> uh... I'm trying to think power rankings of Bond women where I would place Stacey Sutton. She's definitely on the lower end. Yeah. There are, like, several women in this movie who seem interchangeable and whom I'm unable to so, remember who is who. According yeah, like, to IMDb... We need to talk about the Russian subplot, by the way. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll get to that. God. Anya's what is this movie? Anya was supposed to be the Russian agent that he sleeps with in this, who then leaves with Gogol. And they drive away. Um, But Barbara Bach refused. I wonder why she didn't want to come back. She was doing the caveman too. Yeah, caveman money. (laughs) Um, That's my favorite movie. (laughs) Hey, Lonnie. (laughs) I love the googly-eyed dinosaur. Sour. Correct. Dino DNA. (laughs) Just do the whole whole video from Jurassic Park. (laughs) But go on. Yeah. I, I, what was I talking about? <laughs> talking about um, before uh, I got to the Russian. Yeah, because there's something else. I was Power talking. rankings of the oh, blonde yeah. women. Yeah, because um, her whole thing is just her in on the plot is Zorin's trying to buy her out and she's refusing. That's it. Right. Like there's there's nothing more to it. Yeah. Do you do you want to do power rankings? Not really. Okay. <laughs> well, never mind. Well, because I would just be like, I like Anya, I guess. I meant power rankings of the movies and stuff in oh. general. Oh no, no, no. We'll, we'll get there once we yeah. finish with oh, gotcha, Brosnan. Gotcha. That, then we'll, we'll do the. Well, that'll take like an hour. <laughs> oh, oh, you don't want to do it by bond by bond? No, not particularly. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I wasn't going to say we could because yeah. there's just a great amount. Yeah. I mean, we can just look at our grades after this. I don't have the score sheet on me. Why not? Because I, I was traveling by a crocodile submarine. There's not <laughs> enough room for the score sheet on there. The score sheet is 300 pounds, I understand. <laughs> That's true. It's a sacred tome that it's, you it's, it's, have to always just drop onto the table. Yeah. You have to get a new table every time. When he opens it up. Yeah. 1% of the weight is, is the paper, 99% of it is the ink. That's, That's true. Wow. <laughs> It's very detailed lettering. I got a yeah, very deep set typeface. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. I, I keep thinking I, I was missing something, but I was I was, I was going somewhere else before the Russian subplot. So 
sounds to me like it's time for a word from our sponsor. You're right. Refrigerators. <laughs> Refrigerators. Thank you. Have you ever have you ever gotten like you have leftovers and you uh, want you know all the you, time. Want, you want to Tyler, make sure you I can ate, eat. I ate only some of my lasagna. Well, you know how you can what you can do if you if you get a fridge, you can you can put lasagna uh-huh. in the fridge. You got to plug it in. Oh, <laughs> the, I have to plug the lasagna in. You have to plug the lasagna. Okay. <laughs> Once you do that, it'll be cold. Okay. So For like a while. So like, a refrigerator is hard. a box full of outlets. Yes. Okay. And you, you stick lasagna. Like one of those old-timey phone operator boards. Correct. Okay. And then... And then but no, no, no. The refrigerator is a big, cold box. And it'll keep things cold. Okay. Um, which means you, they don't... It, it keeps things cold, yeah. so you don't get mold. Oh, I like that, actually. That's a really good tagline big for refrigerator. Big refrigerator should pay me for a... <laughs> they for, should. For a no, I mean, we, they are. They're, like, we're, we're, they're, they're sponsoring Yeah, us. I was going to say, this sounds like an amazing product. Uh-huh. And I bet at a really affordable price. Where can I go to get these amazing um, cold boxes? Uh, so... Uh, my personally, I would recommend Ace Hardware. Okay. <laughs> sure. I get mine at Sharper Image. Sharper Image, it's always good. Yeah. <laughs> I get mine at KB Toys. But now, uh, but if they're sponsoring us, I'm sure there's some kind of discount code or no secret. <laughs> like a code phrase or something you can say. Well, okay. Now, Alex, uh, go, I, go in and, and, and talk to demand to see the manager and just show him a, a picture of the podcast on it your doesn't phone. Matter, it, do, it doesn't matter what store. Security will throw you out. <laughs> and that's where you get the, the real good fridges. You yeah. want to get thrown in the back, and that's, that's where they keep the good the stuff. The ones out by the dumpster. Yes. No, they just make them look bad so people don't try to take them. That's right. That's right, because they're, they're reserved special for our fans. Absolutely they are. Uh, now, guys, I have an ad, too. Uh, this is for uh, stamps.com. Okay. okay. Uh, stamps. I, I, should I do a one about re- a real a real thing? <laughs> are, are you saying fridges aren't real? Well, that's a good point. Uh, yeah. Well, then I won't. Stamps.com is, is a different one. I, I don't. Know, I don't know if either of you have ever listened to, to Welcome to Night Vale. Oh sure, I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's always been my my favorite. Uh, to to break to break the ad character for a second here. That has always been my my favorite uh, fake ads where they do like yeah. they'll do like Arby's or like Burger King, but it's like the the narrator will go on a monologue for like thirty seconds about, about like, like existential, like, yeah, existential yeah. like doom, and then they're like mm-hmm. eat Arby's. <laughs> <laughs> Your mother, you remember her well. The way the floorboards yeah. creaked in her basement. As you take, as like the yeah. the cherry ice cream dripping down your chin, <laughs> it's finger looking good. Yeah, but it all built. It, it, yeah, it will, that's yeah, a great yeah, show. Yeah. I was like, that's, I honestly listen to Night Vale to get new music because the weather yes, segment yes, is same, real, there's some really same. good stuff on there. So I found uh, Aeneas Mitchell, one of my favorite songwriters. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So today's episode is brought to you by Welcome to Night Vale <laughs> and Refrigerators. Go to any store, show them the podcast, and they'll say and say. Uh, here comes the freeze quote. That wasn't good. Um, well, was, worse. yeah. So, and by the way, if you ever write in, uh, audience, if you ever want to write in with a question or something, this is the segment where we'll read your question mm-hmm. or your letter, or your comment, or whatever. And maybe, hey, if we get enough uh, people interacting with us, maybe we can like do a contest or something where if you, you know, enter into a drawing, you can choose a franchise for us to do. Uh, but genuinely, we would love to hear from you guys. Yeah. Please write yeah. in. Um, 
And back to your regularly sponsored program. <laughs> Alex, what do you got for us? I don't know. You're the only one still trying to take this ship into port. <laughs> Correct. Me and Alex are just, me and Tyler are just swimming. Um, so there's a bit where Bond is trying to look in on like the secret meeting going on. I guess it's just more planning with Zoran. And there's just like a couple people wearing scuba gear trying to take pictures and stuff. And it turns out one of them is like an old Russian agent flame of Bond's. Mm. And they end up having like a bubble bath together. <laughs> yep, yep. And and, I this. and then Bond sneaks out the the recording that she was able to get of of Zoran's conversation, and that somehow leads to the next plot point. But like I said, um, this girl was originally supposed to be Bo- Barbara Bach's character, which mm. I think would have been very fun, especially if it was Roger Moore's last movie. Yes. Um, but then she ends up escaping. She runs, like, out into the street, and she gets into a car, and Gogol, the, the KGB guy that we've been following since The Spy Who Loved Me, is driving the car. And I'm just like, you're, like, the head of the KGB. What are you... Why are you driving the getaway car? <laughs> and, and I'm just thinking, like, what if after Bond's, like, screwed up so many of his missions, he's just, like, been been downgraded, he's been demoted, and the, and the KGB offices, they're going, all right... We are. We cannot stand this anymore. We are sending you to our office in San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, the KGB branch. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we we have a San Francisco campus. <laughs> Your credits transfer. It's only fifty thousand a semester. <laughs> it's uh, it's full or uh, no no GMO copets <laughs> or whatever they have it rubles whatever they have over there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's all I got. It was strange. I don't. It's just like, we need Google in there. There's, Let's get Google in there. There's an entire finale that we haven't really addressed where they're running around in the ground as there's water everywhere and stuff blowing up. See, oh, it's right. weird because there's there's kind of two finales and neither of them feel like a genuine finale. Sure. There's really like three. Bond well, movies tend to do maybe that. Maybe four. Well, there's the bit the, in the mine where, where Zorn starts to blow everything up and he's yes. killing all the guys mm-hmm. and then he almost drowns Bond and Mayday and they manage to escape and get the bomb out before it really causes havoc. Yeah. Um... And Tanya's just kind of hanging out. And she's like, James! And she keeps doing that. Oh my god. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She cannot stop shouting his name over and over again. It's the most obnoxious thing. Foreshadowing. Yeah. Um, She starts to, like, run towards him when she realizes he's alive. And then you see the blimp. And it's completely silent. It's a very... Sort of feels like a '40s uh, horror movie yeah. thing. Of, oh, there's this very poorly inserted cut of something that's that's coming towards him. Yeah. It's like, oh, <laughs> and and even Bond's just like, Stacy, get down, no, and then like, jump cut. The, the blimp is practically on top of her. Zorin's grabbing her, and then you hear the engine guns and just yeah. the sounds. Like, it's like. None of this makes sense. It's one of those stealth blimps. <laughs> yeah, the blimp pilot was like holding down the L three trigger to like be to, to crouch, hold his breath. Yeah. Mm, mm, mm. Oh, like he's behind, behind something. <laughs> giant exclamation mark over the blimp. Oh. So, so all right, all right, walk me walk me through the finale. So, Bond okay. manages to grab onto one of the ropes of the blimp. Correct. Probably. And then it goes. It's just sitting on top of the Golden Gate Bridge, or they're trying to like swing Bond off it by crashing him into the bridge. I cannot prove otherwise at this time. And then Bond wraps up the, like he part of the bridge, he wraps up the rope that he's on so that way the blimp is stuck. And then Zorn drops down with an axe instead of like using a gun which 
would make more sense. But uh, then Tanya gets down there somehow. There's a fight that lasts like 30 seconds, and then Zoran just falls off, and they blow up the blimp or something. That is my recollection. And then they play the Full House theme song. Uh, if they had done that, A plus. It would have. I would like Full House more if the opening was the same thing when they showed the Golden Gate Bridge. It's like Golden oh, Gate Bridge, everything in Full House. And yeah, then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and yeah. You, just, you just see, see Roger Moore and James. No, I know. I was on the say, blimp. You see, you see the Zorn blip blowing up. And yeah. Full House. The title pops Everywhere up. Everywhere you look, shrapnel <laughs> and debris. And then, you, and then you hear Zorn screaming in the background. <laughs> they're showing everybody playing in the park and there's Roger Moore like grinning catching a frisbee also, also Roger Moore on Full House sounds delightful oh, been so then Q, and Beach Boys were on it then Q shows up and Q is spying on Roger Moore in the, the shower and, and, oh, and yeah. it's, not, it's not even just like Q is working from the London office he is in a truck outside of Stacy's house Stacy's house has got it going on that's true oh my god yeah no he's sitting out there with his with his Shia LaBeouf in suburbia. Mm. Suburbia? Probably. Yes. Uh, dis- disturbia? Disturbia. Disturbia. Yeah. Uh, suburbia like a TV show? Suburbia is something. Suburbia Con was a movie. Um, Good. But yeah, he's he's got this little robot thing and he, and he brings it inside. What'd you think? After literally... Right. I think every single Bond movie except for the first one that Roger Moore did, except for Live and Let Die, ends with... M or MQ and other people trying to contact Bond yeah. and realizing, oh, he's having sex with the woman after he completed the mission. This happens literally every time. <laughs> you think Q would go, I'll give it a day before I send him a little <laughs> No, I, th- I think Q realized a trend that he's into. <laughs> or It's awakened something. Well, I guess I, it's my job. I have to. <laughs> and Q has a very weird look on his face when he realizes yes. what happened. And I'm just, I'm uncomfortable with it all. Although... I did realize because Roger Moore throws the towel. I'm yeah. like, oh, he's throwing in the towel. Uh, That's actually kind of clever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of wish because M's like on the phone. What's what's Bond doing? Is he alive? Did he complete the mission? I wish Q was like, oh, he's hanging, yeah. hanging in. He's hanging up the towel. Right. There's right. not even like a good like. No, the one-liner. movie just ends. Yeah. It just it's like they're in the shower. They're having sex. It's a really bad cut to a due to a yeah. kill song. It's a really bad send off for Roger Moore. Like, oh, it's it's yes. pathetic. It's quite poor. Who, you know, for all these movies, like, he was never the problem. Except for him being too old, but, like, yeah. his performance was always Which, delightful. to be fair, he has gone on record of saying he doesn't like this movie. Yeah. He did not like working with Grace Jones. Right, he didn't right. feel like he had any any chemistry with Tanya Roberts. Um, he also didn't like how much they amped up the violence. And I think mm. he specifically meant the Christopher Walken... Just, like, murdering everyone yeah, for no yeah. reason. <laughs> Which seems fair. Yeah. I get that, but at the same time, that's a very Fleming thing to do. But yeah. Roger Moore doesn't actually like James Bond. Right. right. Um, well, also, you know, just because it's in the original material doesn't mean it's not problematic. Yeah. And there are problematic things in the original Bond stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, 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 he's yeah. not looked upon this movie favorably. But the, you're, you're talking about the fact that it has two finales. It really feels like the entire sequence where he's escaping the... Um, the burning office or library, yeah. or whatever, is a finale where he's climbing down the ladder and the music's swelling, yeah. and it's like, oh, he made it, and then we just continue going. Like it feels <laughs> right. like we we should go from there to the blimp sequence, yeah. But instead, we go from there to he drives the fire truck for another twenty minutes. It's a fun action scene, but like 
yeah. it goes on forever and then he gets to the mine and then the mine happens and then it's just the first half of this movie is set up and then the second half of this movie does not use the setup at all right. and it's just sort of mindless action set pieces for a while yeah and also it's strange how yeah. they don't realize what the actual villain plot is until they are literally at the mine with like 20 minutes left in the movie yeah because they show up to the room and, and Bond's like oh did you find anything and she goes yeah I think I did James and they, they find like the little map or whatever to figure out like oh yeah. they're gonna blow up the fault line and I'm like isn't this the plot of Superman 78 like what's going on um I was very confused by yeah. a lot of what was happening in this movie uh so I would like to bring up Roger Ebert yes. because oh, yes. I, I believe he one of his greatest reviews is for this movie. Um, and I'm totally pulling from the, the How Did This Get Made podcast mm -hmm. with James Bonding because they bring this up. They quote Roger Ebert's review on this um, because he has this wonderful little monologue or rant where he goes yeah. on about how this villain plot makes absolutely no sense. Mm -hmm. So the idea is that they're going to blow up Silicon Valley to stop microchip production. Right. Microchips are not actually produced and manufactured in Silicon Valley. That's mm -hmm. like where they come up with all the ideas and do the testing. Right, right, right. They go overseas right. for the microchip manufacturing. They're actually building them. Yes. So this plot makes no sense from the get-go. Right. And also, Roger Ebert says, that's something that a real Bond villain would have would not have done. Right, right. And I'm like, I respect you, Roger Ebert. <laughs> Oh, he was wonderful. I loved Roger Ebert. And of course he said it more eloquently than I right. just stated it. But, but yeah, the, the, the point being, yeah. But he gave Phantom Menace three and a half out of four stars. So, what do I know? Uh, apparently Roper, when he saw, uh, uh, Richard Roper, when he saw Space Jam, said Michael Jordan had a long career of acting ahead of him. So, you know, we all know Shaq is the movie star. Yep. I love Space Jam. Oh, me too. Hey, Britton. Yes, Tyler. Have you ever wanted to keep something, like, really cold? I have. Just like... Because sometimes that refrigerator just it doesn't just, cut It's it. just not enough. See, I, I appreciate that you've realized that I'm not good for the fake ads, <laughs> so you just leave me out of it. No, no, no. Well, well, you know, the ads may be fake, but the money no, 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 we get is worry. real. Don't worry, Alex. We'll, we'll, we'll get you... We'll, no! We'll get, we'll get you... No, 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 no. Don't. No. Keep this going. <laughs> leave me out of it. <laughs> because my recommendation to you, Britton... Okay would be a freezer a freezer a freezer now because i put my ice creams in in the in the refrigerator mm -hmm. and it really just kind of prolongs the inevitable right right it doesn't preserve if anything put it in a freezer right it'll be really cold really like how how cold is it degrees <laughs> only a few of them i hope <laughs> we're like those nathan pyle instagram post comics now the mouth stones. How enthralling. Or what have you. I love those. He's great. Follow Nathan. Now, now Alex. <laughs> oh, no. Here's a question for you. Yeah. Have you ever wanted to keep something really warm? Ooh. It happens on occasion. Yeah. And, and not, not a lady. We all know you know how to do that. Oh, my God. Like an object, which is not a woman. <laughs> <laughs> keep, keep, keep a woman... Warm, as in, like, not... Oh, I think the <laughs> listeners know what I mean. Does I'm it... sorry, I'm interrupting. Tyler, continue your, your, your question about well, Alex. Alex, can, can Alex I... if you ever wanted to keep something really warm. Can I grab a towel and just throw it at Britain? <laughs> <laughs> What's Alex doing? Has he finished the podcast? He's throwing in the towel. Uh, 
Uh, I get it. I well, thought you were trying to create a reality where we were like recording at a pool. Well, Alex, do I have the invention for you? It's called fire. <laughs> <laughs> yes, fire. What? This very hot air. What's that? <laughs> it's it's degrees. <laughs> But many more of them than the freezer. At least seven. Well, you're not wrong. Well, you might be. <laughs> Depending on Celsius or whatever, I think. You can find us online at herecomethesequels.boxcard.com. Find us on Twitter at hcbsequels. Find us uh, on iTunes, here come the sequels, if you just search it. Um, and we're somewhere else, too, probably. Oh. We can't even... We'll, we'll, we'll real quick wrap up. Where can I get this fire from, Tyler? In your heart, Alex. <laughs> that was good. That was good. You just You have to believe. Heart's on fire. That. One desire. Yeah. Um, Rage is deep within. <laughs> well, Tyler, you mentioned but you recommended me a freezer. So now I'm going to recommend a movie. Uh, oh, that makes sense. I I, I I see the connective tissue. Yeah. There. <laughs> so this is a movie. Uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go too into detail about this. We've talked about one day doing an episode where we talk about like our ten favorite movies or something. And there's a very good chance that this movie is going to be in that episode for me. So I'm just gonna tease uh, my discussion of it a little bit. And that is the 2005 adaptation of Pride and Prejudice, directed by Joe Wright, starring Kira Knightley, Matthew McFadden, Rosamund Pike. Uh, it's I loved this movie when I was a teenager, and I rewatched it uh, over the last couple of nights, and just, it still works on me in the old ways, but also in several brand new ways. It's, there's just sunlight poured all over this movie. It's gorgeous to look at. The music is amazing. It's obviously very smart and very, very funny. All the performances are fantastic. My one quibble would be Carrie Mulligan in this movie as one of the younger sisters. Seems like she's going to have a fit of hysterics in every scene. She's like one of the giggly sisters, but she's giggling so hard, it literally feels like she's going to explode. And it, that's a little much for me. And that's like, your worst thing about the movie, right? It's really, it really is. Like, everything else about the movie I like. Right. Uh, Jenna Malone's very good. Tallulah Riley from Westworld is in this movie. She's extremely mm. funny. Donald Sutherland is wonderful. Brenda Blethyn, um, uh, Penelope Wilton. I mean, there's a lot of really tremendous performers. It's really romantic and beautiful. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that, those are the bare bones of it. When we, if we do that episode, I will go into a little more detail about what makes this movie so special to me. But in the meantime, find out what makes it so special to you. And check out Joe Wright's 2005 Pride and Prejudice, featuring additional dialogue by an uncredited Emma Thompson. Back to you, Alex. See, see it's interesting because I'm excited for us to get to the end of the Bond movies because the last Me one... Me too. You know, <laughs> obvious reason. <laughs> no, 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 no. Whatever. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm quite Funny joke! I'm looking forward to the 90s stuff. We got Robert um, Coltrane. But Ro Ro Rosamund Pike is in the last That's one. That's right. So I'm going to be very interested for you guys to experience Rosamund Pike pre-her becoming famous. Sure, sure. She has an interesting filmography. She was in Wrath of the Titans. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If only there were three of them. There are. There's the original Clash yes. of the Titans from 1982. Oh my god. That's Never true. Mind. Which is the last which is the last movie that Ray Harryhausen did the visual yeah. effects for. It's a really fun movie. I was going to say we should do I was cuz I didn't even think about that. I was like we should do Clash of the Titans, Wrath of the Titans and then Immortals. <laughs> <laughs> Just yeah, what's, and then, what's another just generic uh, Greek god movie that they just threw in there with yeah. an action spin on it with our, by our, with our friend Henry Cavill um, mm -hmm. 
and Mickey Rourke before he disappeared um, again. Yeah. Before some, some well, other, another family needed him. He had to go help them. He, he he will always be with us, Alex. Mickey Rourke is always with you. Can we turn this into a secret Mickey Rourke fan club podcast? It's like that Richard Simmons, like where where did Richard Simmons go? We're like where's Mickey Rourke? <laughs> uh, do you want to jump into grades? I mean, I guess we already did the sign off information. So D. D. I'm sitting between D and D minus. Oh. It's like a D with like a smudge on it. Mm-hmm. Correct. A D with an That's asterisk. Exact, yeah, a D asterisk. I'll just say D. I didn't hate it. It's I. It, it's one of those situations where I found it more boring than anything else. Yeah. And I found the plot to just be so nonsensical. Sure. But not like funny nonsensical. Yeah. Like it wasn't like Moonraker... Where we get to the end, and it's like, whoa, this just got nuts. Yeah. Um, it's just, they just want to blow up Silicon Valley, and Roger Ebert already explained to, to the kids at home why it doesn't make any sense. It'd also be interesting to do power rankings for, will it be Connery th- through Brosnan, or more through Brosnan? What do you mean? You said you wanted to do power rankings at the end of Brosnan. Yes, because then, well, at least Tyler and myself will have done every single Bond movie. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Because we started with, with Daniel Craig's movies first. Oh, okay. Yeah, that'll be... We wanted to be Rebels and do it out you, of order. You said that, and my first thought was just in the the opening <clears throat> the opening of Les Miserables, there's, <laughs> there's a man who screams, How long, oh Lord, until you let me die? <laughs> when you said, Tyler and I will have reviewed every Bond movie. I've done no wrong. <laughs> Sweet Jesus, hear my prayer. Which, look down, <laughs> look down. For Cubby doesn't care. <laughs> oh, no, no. I, now being me Agent 007. I, I have to say this. Okay. Originally, the plot of this movie was not we wanted like go for the fault line to mm. take out Silicon Valley. It was we want to redirect Haley's Comet so it will hit Silicon Valley. <laughs> I'm not joking. I would watch that. That so, was deemed too unbelievable. <laughs> I, I told Alex this when he brought this to my attention. Um, all I can really think of is the episode of Phineas and Ferb where Doofenshmirtz <laughs> somehow creates a giant magnet ball that destroys its tower. <laughs> hey, can we look? Can we Pitch just a Phineas and Ferb? Podcast? Can we do one episode of Phineas and Ferb? That's a great show. It just just one, just one episode. Is there a Christmas episode we can do? Probably. Yeah. No, that's true. And there is. That's oh, there's, man. there's at least a few. All right, like, we can watch all of them. Hey, they did. They had the Marvel heroes on. An they episode. did have the Marvel. All right, we'll do that. Whatever, it's fine. <laughs> I just, I just, re- it's a very fun show. It is a very fun show. Um, but, but now Alex, I think you're that wanting to do this podcast. Oh my god! I used to be able to do the voice. That was a, lost um, That was terrifying. <laughs> I know. I used to be able to do it really well. That's the that's the grim dark. Uh, <laughs> I saw my light flash before my eyes. I thought, <laughs> "Sorry, the last movie I will have watched would be A View to a Kill." <laughs> I didn't need that in my life. The last movie you'll have watched would have been Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I, I watched the last half hour of A View to a Kill before we started. So technically, so but but good news, listeners at home and for us. Next franchise we're doing Indiana Jones. I think you're saying next franchise we're doing not James Bond. No, but we're doing it, which is going to be fun. Yeah. fun movies. Uh, lots to lots to so talk I, about. I think if we want to pull that pull back the curtain a bit, yeah, I think the the current plan would be Indiana Jones, which we continue to explain at the end of every episode. That's accurate. Indiana. Well, but now it's like we are actually moving. Now we're here. Yeah. Franchise. Indiana Jones. Um, 
Pitch Perfect, I believe, will be our follow-up. Oh, man. And then we will be catching up on all of those those delicious Marvel movies mm-hmm. uh, and assorted superhero movies that are maybe less delicious. Um, there's one in particular I'm thinking of. Um, I'm excited to see four of them. <laughs> Why, Tyler, I don't know what movie you could possibly be referring to. Is it Shazam? Well, that's all the time we have for this week, so... <laughs> that's Blank Man. Um, Where were you at on June 7th, ladies and gentlemen? That's all I have to ask. <laughs> I did want to throw out a fun fact based on my, my Haley's comment thing Go for it. earlier. I just realized I kind of made a pun there because I said Haley's comment. Oh. What? Haley's comment. Comment. <laughs> <laughs> I hate everything. This is why I should not be in charge of the jokes. <laughs> Britain, because I would never make a dumb joke like that. Britain, this is why we have you back on the podcast. We don't... We struggle without you. Oh, dear. Uh, but Michael G. Wilson is the stepson, I believe, of Cubby Broccoli. And him and Barbara Broccoli are kind of... To, in current day, they are the producers. Wait. Yes? Ba- Barbara... Barbara Broccoli. Broccoli. Correct. This is different from Barbara... Bach? Yes. Okay. And there's and no. What about Barbara Brox, who heads the the bland gummy candy foundation? And there's also no Barbara Bockley, correct? What about Barbara Barkley, Charles Barkley's cousin, or something? <laughs> I was going to say they're all related. Okay. Okay. Um, but basically, they're they're in charge of the the Bond movies now, mm-hmm. um, and sort of they started taking the reins during this time in the Roger Moore era. Specifically, Michael G. Wilson has helped co-write the last few plots, Mm. which I think might say something. (laughs) Um, And apparently he had a hand in kind of helping to shape the Quantum of Solace story at the last minute. (laughs) So, like, and they they don't let us in on enough of the the behind-the-scenes stuff for us to really know how much one person has. They're spies, you know? Yeah. It's a, it's a real Secret Service Absolutely. type situation, but I, I don't really know how much power each of them has and kind of where you right. know, where the, their influences lie in terms of the story or the casting or whatever, right. but um, I don't know. Michael G. Wilson, I feel like he's he makes weird choices sometimes. That G don't stand for good. So, so am I to understand that, that Cubby, we will be moving it on from Cubby? It stands for great. Oh, yeah, are we, are we moving on from Cubby? <laughs> will, will Cubby be... No, uh, he... Will be with us through Goldeneye. I believe he passed okay. away right before okay. Tomorrow Never Dies came out. Yeah. Okay. Good. Was well, he still involved in these movies up to then? Yes. Okay. Okay. okay I, I believe he kind of says that his last great influence was getting Pierce Brosnan cast. Cool. I believe that's what he said. There is a cubby on a cloud. <laughs> also, you missed my joke where I said no. The G in Michael G. Wilson doesn't stand for good. It stands for great. No. I. I yeah. No. I heard. But now I started thinking about my best friend Cubby. Now Cub Scout know, dude forever. Cub Scout for life. Now we know what G stands for. God awful. Oh, man. Well, this is what happens when you put all three of us in a room together. No, this is what happens when none of us actually watch the movie in a single sitting. That's I watched it in one sitting all right, a I, week ago. Ca- caveat, we don't watch it in a single sitting or we watched it a week ago. Yeah. We got to do this like night before. Although, again... I really do foresee the episodes of Indiana Jones being very different because I think 
they're better movies and we're going to have more things and, to like. And also, I think this specifically, I think a lot... I, this movie is probably not quite as deserving of the utter contempt we have shown it. No, 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 I no, think no. it is the fatigue of, of going through all of these and seeing... Putting this in context of the rest of the movies we've reviewed where we're just like, they... I mean, Why is this still happening? I mean, never say never again. Worst the worst. It's, it's the worst. Yes. I agree. Yes, absolutely. With, with with gusto. My when I finished this movie, I did go. I don't have to watch a James Bond movie for a month. Yeah. But that wasn't out of like a couple of months. It'll actually be months. a while. And yeah. I wasn't like, oh god, I hate this. It was just like every week I've watched yeah. one of these movies, and they're all they they all run together for me, and like, and like it, it really is fatigue. It's not. I hate this movie. It's terrible. It's just like what else is there to say about yeah. it? Yeah. it? It really is one of those things. I. If you're if you're not in it, I understand the yeah, fatigue because yeah. I'm not feeling fatigue, right? And, right. Especially because I know what's around the corner. I know what I'm going to enjoy. Mm. Sure. Um, and I, I recognize y'all don't have that at all. Right. I can kind of tell you like, oh, it's, it gets better, but of course you guys are like, right. well, right. Well, I mean, and I why do that when we, yeah. when we Indiana Jones is a surefire hit. <laughs> And I also will feel differently with Dalton because he's, it's a different actor. And I've seen a one of the Daltons, I can't remember which. And I've seen a couple of Brosnans, I don't remember which. Yeah. But and the Brosnan movies will have more actors that I recognize. Like, you know, I'm not. And also, there are fewer. There's like two of Dalton and like five Brosnan. Four, four Brosnan. Yeah. So it's not like seven or eight movies that we're going to be going. It's through less with. movies, and there's a bit more variety. Right. So yeah, I mean, I'm not. I'm glad we're taking the break, just shaking it up, getting into a different uh, a different franchise. Because it's not even at this point about, like, I don't want to front-load this so much with, like, Indiana Jones is going to be the best viewing experiences ever. They're great movies. I mean, I've only seen the first two a long time ago, but still, I have good feelings about them. It's just, mm. it's going to be different. Yep. You know? And knowing that we're going into movies with they're made by Spielberg. Yes. You know what I mean? It's like, and Alfred Molina in a bit part in the first you, movie. You had mentioned that Alex and I had watched... Uh, once Upon a Time in Hollywood yeah. last night, which whole other bucket of worms that we're not going to get into. I mean, I, I think we both personally enjoyed it, but we'll, we won't. Good movie. Yeah, we won't, we won't deal with that. There's a lot to say. There's, yeah. a lot, there's a lot else going on there. But um, just watching someone who is, like, such a good director, yeah. all else, putting all else aside just in terms of, like, making the movie. Yeah. And then watching and, a John Glenn James yes. Bond movie. Dear God. No, <laughs> I, I feel much the same. I mean, I felt that way about watching Pride and Prejudice. But I feel that way about going into Raiders. It's like, this is Spielberg, who's a master. And, and he's going to be in his element yes. doing, doing, ad, ad, doing adventure the, blockbuster The height of his yeah. career. Yeah. I will say, John Glenn, not the best director. Sure. Yeah. He just does, just, he goes for average yeah, with yeah, yeah. everything. Right. Yeah. yeah, no, I'm, I don't know why they kept him on for so long, because he, right. he'll end up doing, what, six movies? I mean, he was cute, you know? There's just a little eye candy around the office. Maybe he just <laughs> did whatever Cubby said. Mmm. Kept, drink, kept drinking the Cub-Aid. You're just... His name is Cubby. Like, there's there's infinite material. His name material. is Cubby Broccoli. Like, like there's, what, I, there's so much. I should have said, well, whatever. You're, you're, you're just getting him out. Left, right, and center, man. All cylinders, my boys. All cylinders. I need, I need a. It's it's Fight Club, but instead of the the rallying cry being his name is Robert Paulson, his name is Cubby Broccoli. It's called Fight Cub. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't go for that. It was there. It's just like Edward Norton this, trying this to figure like, out. I like, was Cubby Broccoli the whole time. This is like when you're playing a card game and like you know there or, or, or some sort of board game or something. Yeah. And like there's something you could do that you you miss, right? And right. then like on the next turn, someone does it, and you're like, oh. <laughs> 
gosh. Well, guys, see us here next week for Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, it's going to be fun stuff. Is there a problem? Oh. Uh, no, I, I've been Britain. <laughs> Look, spoiler alert, peek behind the curtain, we're going to watch the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie tonight, so like... See, because we, we got to prep on our Paul Freeman performances yeah, before we dude. get to Raiders. Yeah, dude, come on. Yeah, we're very excited to go watch Power Rangers, uh, so we're going to go find it, our autograph books. It will be better sure. than A View to a Kill. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And we probably will talk a little bit about that movie on the uh, Raiders. Because why not? Uh, but anyway, um, thanks you guys for listening. Again, please uh, feel free to write in. Leave us a, yeah. a rating. Leave us a review on iTunes. Tell us what you think. Tell us if we're wrong or right. Not that we can be either because it's all opinions. But talk to us. Ask us questions. Interact but, with us. But at the same time, we're always wrong. Yeah, well, you know. But at the same time, we're, we're always, always right. right. Yeah, tell us, you, you know. Don't, you don't know what to do now, do you? <laughs> tell us. Don't tell us who your favorite movie buddy is because we all know it's Tyler. But like... You know, give us a give us a shout. You well, mean I don't, it? Well, I, I don't like to pick favorites. <laughs> I just assumed he's he's the one that everyone's going to go for. Joseph's not here. I'll pick Joseph. That's true. <laughs> Joseph is pretty great. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening, and we will see you next time. I again have been Britain. <laughs> Art is subjective. Nothing is real. Uh, don't blow up Silicon Valley. <laughs> <laughs>